Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. When we think of stress management, we tend to think of reducing stress. The reason we do is because we as a society are plagued by chronic stress to the point where it can be a challenge to embrace stress in a helpful way. And that makes sense. When you are overwhelmed, it's difficult to find space for more of anything, let alone pressure, even if it's good for you. And when we want to, we find pushing ourselves doesn't always work because the chronic stress is blocking our ability to cope with acute stress. Stress management is about managing both kinds of stress, leveraging positive stress to achieve your goals and reducing excessive stress responses that can threaten your health. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a productivity coach certified in positive psychology and stress management. Join me as we explore ways to live a more proactive, positive life with episodes on productivity, self-awareness, mindset, entrepreneur life, habits and systems, simplicity, fun, and more. I understand overwhelm personally as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, wife and mom to kids and cats, and as a caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and I must admit, I was stressed pulling together this episode for you today. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's easy to assume I meant it in a negative way, but stress is a little more complex than that. As with many other aspects of productivity, I suspect stress is misunderstood. Stress is certainly a focus of the podcast with many conversations, but it's been a while since we featured it. And because I covered the basics of it in the very beginning in episode 7, I thought it would be helpful to re-release that episode with some additional thoughts. In the original clip, I talk about what stress is, the main types of stress and stressors, and I share some of my experiences with it. I also offer a list of health issues linked to chronic distress and some advice from the Mayo Clinic on how to manage it. Today, I want to reintroduce the topic with these important details and add to the conversation as well as clarify and emphasize a few things. Over the last few years, I've spoken about stress to other audiences, and I wanted to make sure you were in on this conversation. One of my signature talks is on stress and productivity, which I have given as a continuing education credit workshop to members of the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Most recently, I was honored to share my thoughts on stress and productivity with Wells Fargo in a keynote presentation on thriving in transition. As I was researching and prepping for this event, I learned even more about the sweet spot of stress. And what I mean by that is it's neither good nor bad. Stress serves you and can also sabotage you and finding the best spot for you to be in is where you will find optimal productivity. While the details within my clip 
of this prior episode are accurate, I want to emphasize that when I speak of you stress, it is not only the light the fire deadline kind of stress, it's the active engagement that helps us get into a flow state and be fully present. It's how we focus best, and it's something that we need. It has the potential to truly optimize the work we do and boost our performance. My caveat still stands, though. We need to do this in a healthy, compassionate way. Therefore, while managing stress, we are likely still needing to focus on reducing chronic distress levels to compensate for the unfortunate abundance that we have in our lives. In future episodes, I'm planning to talk more about the positive effects of stress and how to tap into that. For now, I wish you calm as you better understand how to manage your stress to a level that's just right for you. In early 2020, I became a certified stress management coach because I believed that stress was both an underlying cause of my clients' problems as well as a distracting symptom blocking their progress. I knew so much of what I coach, productivity, decluttering and organizing, time management, self-care, self-compassion, all yielded lower stress levels. But I wanted to understand stress better. After working through a thorough curriculum, I was able to reverse engineer why what I do works, but I learned more than I expected about the complex relationship we have with stress and why we need to manage it. If you felt pressure, anxiety, or worry, been burdened, overextended yourself, or described yourself as overwhelmed, then you are in the right place. Today, we're covering what stress is, how it affects us, and what managing it means. I'm confident you have described yourself as stressed at some point in your life, or maybe even in the last month, or week, or as you hit play on this episode. It may be what brought you here. That's because we all feel it. But navigating stress can be tricky because it's not all bad. When we talk about stress and being stressed out, we're talking about a particular kind. Stress experiences aren't inherently good or bad. What matters most is understanding how stress affects you and determining what is helpful and harmful and what to do about it. A noted stress researcher, Hans Selle, once said, Stress is a scientific concept which has suffered from the mixed blessing of being too well known and too little understood. He used the term eustress to describe the kind that is positive and desirable, that keeps life interesting and challenges us to achieve our goals, and the term distress for the negative or potentially harmful, that drains us and pushes us beyond our ability to cope. Often when we talk about stress, we're actually talking about distress. Stress is described as a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. It challenges our ability to adapt. We experience stress as a physiological and psychological response designed to maintain stability, the fancy word being homeostasis, homeo meaning same, stasis meaning stable. Whether you experience change in your life like a shift in temperature or the loss of a job, your body and mind will respond to it. The thing forcing the response is a stressor, and what you do with it is your stress response. 
The National Institute of Mental Health recognizes two types of stress and three types of stressors. The two types of stress are acute and chronic, acute being short-term and chronic being long-term. Although chronic is our biggest concern, acute stress can definitely be problematic if it is frequent. The three examples of types of stressors, one, routine stress, such as childcare, homework, and financial responsibilities. Two, sudden disruptive changes, such as a death or job loss. Three, traumatic stress, such as a severe accident, an assault, an environmental disaster, or war. According to a survey done in 2018 by the American Psychological Association, the most common stressors were employment and money. I would imagine that would still be accurate at the time of this recording, along with significant additions, such as COVID-19, the political environment, and the fight against racial injustice, just to name a few. As you might imagine, we regularly experience a mix of these types of stress and stressors. I'd like to share a somewhat meta-example of the mix I experienced in early 2020. I had given myself a first-quarter deadline to obtain my stress management coaching certification. It was a goal for the new year that I'd started well before January. I had scheduled in my studying over the course of months to conclude by the end of March. Because project management is part of my skill set for coaching, I had given myself plenty of time to achieve this, even with standard delays. However, by the beginning of March, things in my home state of New York were changing rapidly, as the news of a virus was spreading almost as fast as the virus itself. Like you, my life was turned upside down due to COVID-19 and a shelter-in-place requirement, and my time management nearly flew out the window. Suddenly, Everyone was home. We were trying to make sense of the virus and what it meant for us, sorting through tons of information and misinformation while trying not to panic. My husband's job was changing. My clients had different coaching needs. We were crisis schooling, and many new routines had to be put in place. My energy was drained from change and worry and a desire to be fully present for my family, which also included more cooking and cleaning and hands-on assistance for distance learning, as well as emotional processing. Calling it overwhelm doesn't do it justice. It might have been a good time to adjust my original deadline for this certification. However, I truly valued this learning experience and felt as though this kind of expertise would be needed now more than ever. So I kept my self-imposed deadline though it brought about some seriously late nights in March and a generous share of crankiness. <laughs> the good news is I pushed through and I met my goal and was able to move on from the temporary pressure. Were you able to identify the different types of stress in that description? Eustress, distress, acute and chronic? The certification push was eustress, a positive stress, and also acute because it was short-term. The stress I felt due to the virus is distress because it drained me and made coping difficult, and because it was not something quickly resolved, in fact I am still dealing with it as of this recording, it is considered chronic as well. When we experience stress, the brain undergoes chemical and physical changes that affect its overall functioning. The stress response, 
sometimes called the fight-or-flight response, happens when our nervous system tells our body to release stress hormones, including adrenaline, noradrenaline, and cortisol. These help us cope with perceived threats, which is a key point. We experience a stress response when we feel threatened, and that doesn't always mean life or death or that we'll be hurt. But that is where the response originally came from. It goes back to a time when we'd need to run for our lives from a large carnivorous animal. But now we still respond that way to a request to speak in public or on a deadline for our taxes. The stress response intended to save us from harm can help us stay alert, motivated, and focused on the task at hand, which is helpful. Then when the pressure subsides, the body adjusts and we can start to feel calm again. The problem happens when we experience stress beyond our ability to cope. Continually activating the stress response, whether too often or for too long, causes wear and tear on the body and mind. Ongoing chronic stress can contribute to an incredibly long list of health issues. You need only Google stress symptoms and effects, and you'll find a multitude of examples. Stress, specifically chronic distress, slows healing because it has a significant impact on our immune system. It is linked to mental health problems, such as depression and anxiety, cardiovascular disease, including heart disease and high blood pressure, obesity and other eating disorders, menstrual problems, sexual dysfunction, skin and hair problems, such as acne, psoriasis and eczema, and hair loss and gastrointestinal problems such as GERD, gastritis, and ulcerative colitis, which is the disease behind ulcers, one of the best-known symptoms linked to excessive stress. To complicate matters, these issues may be misperceived as normal or potentially linked to other causes without giving proper consideration to stress. While stress may not be the only reason for them, addressing stress is one of the simplest steps to help with healing. When we think of stress management, we tend to think of reducing stress. The reason we do is because we as a society are plagued by chronic stress to the point where it can be a challenge to embrace stress in a helpful way. And that makes sense. When you are overwhelmed, it's difficult to find space for more of anything, let alone pressure, even if it's good for you. And when we want to, we find pushing ourselves doesn't always work because the chronic stress is blocking our ability to cope with acute stress. Stress management is about managing both kinds of stress, leveraging positive stress to achieve your goals, and reducing excessive stress responses that can threaten your health. However, I believe our primary focus needs to be on managing responses and seeking stress relief. This will help bring us back into balance so that we can be more open to positive stress and begin to make real progress in our lives. It bears repeating that not everyone experiences stress in the same way, depending upon your resources, your health, your perspective, your personal, professional, and financial support systems. You may respond differently to the same stressor than someone else. The same goes for how you manage your response. When focusing on stress relief, there are many tried-and-true methods, which I'll be covering in detail in other episodes. In the meantime, I encourage you to review my 10 Steps to Stress Less checklist, which includes what I consider to be the top choices 
to help you stress less and live more. You can request this free checklist by going to positivelyproductive.com slash stress underscore less. I will include the link in the show notes. Today, I'll leave you with a simple overview to stress reduction courtesy of the Mayo Clinic. They offer the four A's of stress. I'll link to a detailed article in the show notes and quickly summarize them for you now. The A's are avoid, alter, accept, and adapt. To avoid means to remove stressors, specifically removing the things and the people that contribute to your stress. That may sound familiar because I call that decluttering. To alter means designing systems and habits that help you be proactive, encourage you to speak up and create boundaries, and own what can be controlled. At the same time, it helps to accept what can't be controlled and make peace with it so it will no longer be a burden to you. To adapt means managing your own expectations and making the adjustments necessary to help you find balance. Lastly, I will add my own A, which you've heard before, awareness. Stress can be a double-edged sword, helpful or hurtful, or both. When you become aware of what your stressors are and how they shift depending upon what you do and what you think, you will become much more effective at managing your stress, and that will lead to a healthier, happier life. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com resources.